Don't forget Mother's Day this weekend. Love you, Mom. Don't forget. Um, you know, uh, in the realm of you have a new four-legged friend, I have a gosh. new four-legged friend. That's right. My mom, I think, is getting a Mother's Day present of her own. Oh. They are, mom and dad are very, very much in the mix for trying to find a new Shih Tzu. Really? Yep. I just like being able to say that on the air. Are they big fans of the Shih Tzu? <laughs> My mom loves the Shih Tzus. Really? Okay. Um, I, I don't think I've ever had really good experiences. They don't like me for some reason. Really? I don't know what happened. I had uh, our, our first dog was a Shih Tzu, and then, you know, Joey and I had one, too. They, they're really great dogs, so they're yeah. pretty pumped about that. Yeah, uh, Shih Tzus and actually the kind of dog that my wife wanted at one point that kind of looks like one, but it's a little bit bigger. Yeah, they hate me. And those, <laughs> those little terriers, can't stand them. So happy Mother's Day early, Mom. <laughs> uh Welcome into the Plank Show. We got a lot to get to here in hour number two. Let's kick it off with a couple of quick Air Comfort Solutions texts um, from the 918. All these tampering NIL discussions are a total waste of time. No rules and no enforcement arm. Sir, you are correct. Or ma'am. Sorry. Sir or ma'am, you are correct. Where we sit right now, yeah. But these hours ain't going to fill themselves, okay? I just can't sit here and say there's nothing we can do. I think they're effective, though. And allow me to explain. I I honestly believe the John Morant telling Steph Curry, who cannot guard John Morant, we're going to have some fun after Steph Curry was talking gas earlier in the game, might be the greatest moment in the history of the NBA playoffs. I mean, it was awesome. I'm just reading this story, though, from Ross Dellinger. Yeah, go ahead. You know, in response to that text, yeah, there's no enforcement arm or this or that, but it sounds like they're pretty serious reading this, that they're trying to create just that. I just, I understand where you're coming from off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But to me, the vocal... Part of this is the majority that says this ain't right. And I, I'm in that group that's all about student-athletes being able to profit off NIL. That's not what this is anymore. It's not what it is. It's complete and total enticement is what it is. It's the period. It's a way to sway people to come to your school. Now, there is an issue that we talked about at the end of last hour, and that was what Annie Staples said about changing the rules on tampering. There's a kind of longer explanation of it that I want to play coming up here in just a bit. Makes a lot of sense. I told you it was it was really an aha moment for me. Uh, these kids deserve their money, blah, blah. No, they don't. Earn it, spoiled, rotten prima donnas. That dude must be a blast at parties. Um, that's... That is kind of one of my frustrations in this, not to say, you better earn your money. But I see a lot of people that have, well, and, and again, you stop. What are you worth? What's your worth? What we've, uh, what you've said and what many others have said on this program a number of different times, what somebody's willing to pay you. <laughs> That's right. Your worth is what someone is willing to pay you. Is... Listen, I'm going to pick on my guy just because I can. Is is Derek Carr 
a $40 million man? No. But that's going right for a good NFL quarterback. Not a great elite quarterback, just a good serviceable NFL quarterback. Um, is there any other walk of life where you can make that kind of money? I don't think so. It's worth. So my frustration is let's just let's use the Tennessee kid, for example, the quarterback that's coming in, who from everything that we've seen is basically a marketing machine. Are we sure that he's going to end up being more valuable than say any other athlete that's currently playing college football? I don't know. I don't think so. But those are the ones where I'm like, wait, you're you're coming into school and you already have what's the uh, the the alleged number for him six million dollars in deals. Okay, maybe a dumb question out of the four hundred five. But how would you even prove tampering? Isn't it just a he said she said situation? No one, including the player, would ever admit to it. Well. You'd have to get involved in, in the, you know, an investigative side, really, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, h- how did the FBI get involved in wiretapping phones with basketball coaches? Yeah, here's what you basically need a rat. Or maybe people are just really flam. I don't think flamboyant is the word I'm looking for. Outgoing and. Well, and I think you need evidence. Purposeful about how they're doing it. It's like, I don't care. You're going to say anything. I heard a great line. I heard a great line one time and just talking about how you can get almost too comfortable. It was, I think it was actually Coach Blankenship that said it. You know, sometimes you you end up, you have a guy that's not being faithful and he's getting so confident he's just parking his car in his wife's driveway. You slip, you get to, and maybe that's what the NCAA is counting on in something like this, that you slip a little bit. Because, I mean, I haven't, Josh, seen a situation where players are willing to turn schools in. And here's, speaking of tampering, this is from the Andy Staples show yesterday whenever they were in the conversation about Jordan Addison. The tampering rules in in the NCAA rulebook they're a level two violation. That's not the worst. Level one's the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a severe punishment for them. I would think, personally, if I were the schools and I was looking at this new system and how it was working, I would make tampering like the worst thing you could do. <laughs> yeah. It could, yeah. And I mean, you can well, do that. Like, nobody's yeah, sure. going to get mad they try at you to criminalizing a millionaire they coach to. for breaking a rule. Like, yeah. Right. This is a question I've been asking for years, Andy, and even at, you know, like AFCA and you asked Todd Berry and some of those folks, like, are there, you know, is this an issue you guys care about as coaches? And I think, you know, uh, from talking to them, it's hard to get them on the record about tampering because they all tamper (laughs) on one hand. They want to say, let me tell you what's wrong with tampering. On the other hand. They want to reserve the right to tamper. So they don't want to be (laughs) the guy who's a hypocrite. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I just, I find that this has become the latest thing is, all right, this is the next arm that's been proven to be an issue when it comes to how NIL is currently positioned. Make all the money you want, man. Go get it. Go get it, kid. But every layer of life has rules to it. Make it more like the NFL. 
The NFL has a salary cap. They've got a window for when you can sign. They've got rules about being able to talk to someone from another team. You can't do it. You could lose draft picks. Now, you might go to management and say, I want to be traded. Devontae Adams, what, Tyree Kill, Amari Cooper, Marquise Brown, among others. I don't know if Amari really had a choice. I think he just got cut. But, well, he was going to get cut and then the Browns traded for him. But you see my point. There's even rules there. Yeah, this is good. Let these college kids get all the money they've been owed for years and years and years. Agreed. But there still has to be rules involved. Right? There still has to be some control over the situation. Every level has it. Baseball has it. There's trade windows. There's trade deadlines. And I know the NCAA to a certain extent does, but, I mean, May 1 was supposed to be the deadline to get in the transfer portal. Or, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not May 1, um, May 8. Is that right, too? Anyway, whatever this past Sunday was, I apologize. I got ahead of myself. Yeah, May 1 to be eligible for this year. But it wasn't a hard, fast deadline, right? The yeah, the deadline for fall and winter athletes to submit names to the transfer portal is Sunday, May 1st. Sunday went by without Jordan Addison's name being in the portal. So how's he eligible this year coming up? Well, he had sent in the paperwork and did it on a Sunday. So, you know, the the rules people weren't able to get it in in time. I mean, it's just... Good question. Yeah. I mean... Even that rule is now being asked upon. Yeah, it's not being taken seriously. I don't know, dude. May 1st, but, you know, if you're within a week... Maybe you got it. Oh, what's the rules group in college that I can never remember? <laughs> the... Uh, Every single every single program has it. Toby Baldwin used to be it. Um, compliance, compliance. Thank you. I don't. It's terrible. I'm the most compliance friendly person in the world. But when I want to talk about them, I can never remember what they're called. You know the people that are in charge of the rules. You know the bad cops. Yeah, the bad cops, according to some of you. But it's what well, you have to give your name to compliance, and compliance has you know 24 to 48 hours to get it in. So there's always that wiggle room whenever it comes to. Whenever it comes to NI, or what am I saying? Transfer portal admission. Right. No, same thing. It's pretty much been the same thing. But I think Andy Staples, in bringing this thing full circle, really hit on something. And that is if you're willing, yeah, there it is, 48 hours to transfer uh, process portal paperwork, which to me, I mean, that means this kid's name was probably submitted to the portal on. Sunday, if it's just coming out yesterday that he's officially in the portal and still eligible to play this year. That's the only thing you can take from it. Here's an interesting take. Go ahead. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Love hearing from you people. 405-651-3439. I won't lie. It's been great. Yeah, I know. I I don't know what's happened. We've really heated it up, which is exciting. (laughs) As soon as some NIL deals go bad, the rats will come out. When they say the rats... Players. Oh. As in, as in I, you get enticed okay. to go somewhere, but maybe the dollar figure that you were promised doesn't wind up being the dollar figure that ends up in your bank account. Or you realize that somebody's just got their payday and they're done. I mean, that 
that could happen. I know that the BYU coach is taking some heat because of the quote he had yesterday where it was, what, maybe 18- and 19-year-olds aren't supposed to have this kind of money in their pocket, which I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, they're fitting to drag him. But, I mean, there is going to be a faction that once they get that NIL money, that maybe other guys who are grinding and fighting away are going to see someone that is is tapped out. And if you see that energy change, there's another reason where you might go, hey, dude, this guy. And what's he making? 600K, 700K? I'm only at 50 with my deal in the collective, and I'm beating him out for his job? It's a really good point. But there does have to be a structure and rules. Yeah, teammates. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, <laughs> could be a teammate of somebody that – isn't getting the same deal, but is performing better. Who just, when, when they're saying rats, do they just mean more of maybe the people that are providing the money or just people that cover the team? Or I think they're talking about players that – and feel free to clarify for yourself. But sure. The way I'm reading that is the rats will come out – I mean, probably all-encompassing, but yeah. my initial thought was players that get promised something that then don't get what was promised. I like it. I like it. So I do. Good. For any kind of enforcement, you know, you're probably going to have to have some spending involved to investigate some of this stuff. Um, you, you'd need text messages that show Absolutely. that somebody has contacted a player or a representative before they actually put their name into the transfer portal, which then again, you know, based on one of the texts that was just sent in a moment ago, that 48-hour window, right? That then creates a gray area. Well, well, you know, he had already put in his paperwork. He just wasn't officially in the transfer portal until a couple of days later. There's just so much gray area to it. The enforcement of it, yeah, I can see where that would be difficult. Mm. All right, it is 10-17. Now, the other side of this is counting on trusted veteran leaders in the coaching and administrative ranks to step up and say something. Bob Stoops did yesterday. We'll share it with you next. As we roll on on a very busy Wednesday. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. There is a lot of May the 4th stuff out here on old social media, isn't it? Who's your favorite Star Wars character? I mean, listen, the, the proper answer is always Luke Skywalker. Really? But I, I've i told you this many times, Josh Helmer, and I don't know how else to put it. Rogue One, Felicity Jones, one of the coolest storylines ever. I've been thinking about creating a panic room where I I can hide my kids if anyone comes for me because the sports takes are too scorching hot. And they want to, you know, get me off of Hot Take Central. I'm a big wait, Mace, ways, Mace Windu guy. Like Mace Windu? Purple Saber. Gosh, there's so many. I forgot about some of the randos that were in Rogue One. Oh, I've got to watch Rogue One now. It's terrible because, I mean, I, how long has Rogue One been out? Dude, Rogue One made $1 billion? It was released in 2016. Let's just say the ending happened and I had to explain to my kids what happened in the ending because there's a little vagueness about how it ends. 
And when I explained it to him, bro, there were legit tears. I mean, from all three of us, it was like, <laughs> and they fought so hard. They just cared about the Republic. Which uh, Star Wars <laughs> character is Lincoln Riley? Oh, I mean, he's not Darth Vader. He's not cool enough for that, right? Right. I wouldn't think so. Um, Though he has, he has a, you know, he'd have to have a late turn back, but he has some similarities in the sense that he was a little bit ahead of his time. Right. Right. Big role too soon, maybe. Oh. Turn to the dark side. Anakin? Is he Anakin Skywalker? He's got some Anakin about him. I was kind of thinking the dude in the ship that just for no reason gets all smarmy and Darth Vader like starts choking him from afar. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's a good submission, like, too. I, I'm just – I went back and listened to some of the Lincoln stuff on the interview yesterday. I just I, – again, I, I know that it's not <laughs> – Oh, my goodness. Freaking steely. <laughs> Jar Jar. Nobody likes <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Oh, man, that is a great submission. Whenever I was – when I first started in radio, have I – do I tell too many first started stories? I mean how, – How long have you been doing this? I've uh, been doing ahead. this for a minute. But, okay, how about this? So when I first started working with Dave Garrett, and we did a show called Sports Radio Live. TF-194. TF-194 writes – um, it was it was right around the time when Star Wars 1 was coming out to kind of give you a little bit of perspective. And I'll never forget when Jar Jar debuted, how he would just do that voice and had it spot on. And I was, I was just so excited that there was a Star Wars 1. I didn't realize everyone hated him. Dave Garrett would do the voice? Oh, yeah. He would do the Jar Jar. <laughs> he was good at it? Oh, yeah, man. He's amazing. Husayusa. Husayusa. May the 4th be with you. So we're going to be a meme central all day long, aren't we? Is what we're going to be Brent Venables is He's I... some sort of great warrior. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough because it's like all the people in power are bad people, right? Typically. I mean, even the good guys have kind of some bad to him. There's nothing bad about him. He is the male version of Princess Leia. I think Bob Stoops has transitioned into Yoda. Okay, that's good. Or maybe that's Barry. What was Samuel L. Jackson's role? Because um, wasn't he kind of like if, if he Yoda – was Windu. If he was, if Yoda was the CEO, yeah, I'm sorry, Mace. We're not using their actor's name. We're using their <laughs> Mace. Was he like if if Yoda was the the president? Was he like the executive VP of the Jedi Council? Oh then? yeah, they really did him dirty. I mean, his demise was a terrible way to go. It's like, come on, guys, he's too cool for that. <laughs> All right, listen, I, I can't do this. You 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 have fun on on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm going to play Pop Stoops here. <laughs> so yesterday. Right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, as he typically does on a Tuesday. Why did I just want to say T-Row? It's been a long day, people. Tyler and Teddy talked with Bob Stoops about the future of college football. And I want to make this very clear. I think it's important for people like Bob Stoops to, to give their opinion on these things because this is a guy that has been involved in college football for – for a while, and I know he retired, but when he retired, he was head coach of a program that would very much be in that NIL conversation 
for the elite. And and he's seeing this all now, too, so he can share what he's seeing. And, you know, was a player, right? Was a player at the University of Iowa, so he's got both perspectives, which that's, you know, not unique to a lot of head coaches. You know, most head coaches, I would say, right? Yeah. Played football, college football in some capacity, but not all. And so that gives him a unique perspective in the sense that, he probably believes that players deserve some form of compensation, but understands that, hey, this is maybe getting a little crazy on us. Yeah. So here's what Coach Stoops had to say yesterday when he was on with Teddy and Tyler. Uh, the bottom line, you know, um, you know, be careful what you wish for. All of a sudden, it may be totally different than what – it's it's heading, heading that way. Totally different than what we've been used to. My opinion, you know, we need a new leadership group. The NCAA and the way it's been – has really failed overall. I mean, I don't know that, you know, what, who goes by any rules anymore and who gets, you know, how they enforce it just seems so ambiguous. And so, uh, ah, look at Oklahoma State with their basketball program and what happened brutal. to them. How, how wrong, brutal, just, just so wrong and so late, you know, insignificant to the people who actually did it. And then other teams, you know, there's nothing happens to them. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. It just happens to football, too. So it's, I don't know. I, I've uh, been very disillusioned for a long, long time on the NCAA and just through my football years and how they enforce things or don't. And uh, so who knows? Maybe we need to have a, a new league of, co- you know, power five teams that have their own, have their own league. And uh, with their own, whatever it be, commissioner and or governing board, you may have to put a salary cap on everybody, (laughs) on every team. Who knows? I don't know. You know, again, I'm not living it like these other people are. But from afar, it looks like right now nobody has control of anything. So it's just have at it, you know. And that's, I don't know if that's ever good. Even the NFL has some rules, restrictions, guidelines, salary caps, right? All of that. And I, I don't know right now college football has any of that so it's uh have at it that's what we were saying man, earlier, man. that's style. that's really good from coach Stubbs. really good there's there's no true oversight outside of trusting a university to do the right things right um i it's a great point it's absolutely a great point now do we listen do we take that as a reason to start ratcheting up in certain areas, enforcement. The problem with the NCAA is it's like the, it's like the NBA with a postseason suspension. If there is one thing that they've been with any kind of penalty, it's inconsistent, right? Remember the two kicks by Draymond Green to Steven Adams? No suspension when they were both flagrant and blatant. Meanwhile, you go back to 97, they booted seven guys out of a tournament for a little mini scrum. I don't think any punches were thrown. But it's just it's inconsistent. And that's what the NCAA has been. Inconsistent. Do we, will we, get to a point, maybe salary cap, you know, maybe it's not quite a salary cap in the sense that we know a salary cap, but will there be some sort of limit? some sort of cap somewhere in terms of how much a school in a given year, how much they can be involved in money that's doled out in terms of name, image, and likeness. Can we, can we ever get to that point? 
And, you know, that, that again, because of the way some of these things have been written and not really enforced, I wonder, I'm not educated enough, the legality side of it. Now, now have you opened yourself up to some legality issues? That's, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I somehow end up on all these mailing lists and every single time I try to unsubscribe from them, it's almost like, yeah, you're not going anywhere. Um, but John Canzano, who I think used to write for the Oregonian, now he kind of does his own thing. And he had an interview with Greg Byrne. And Greg Byrne is pretty unique because not only is he the athletic director now at Alabama, but he's he spent some time in the Pac-12. So he has, uh, again, a pretty broad knowledge. Uh, he's a graduate from – well, he went to high school in Eugene. He has a degree from Arizona State. Um, and he's worked at every rank – uh, just about every level in college football and college sports. Um, so John Canzano, all that precursor to say, John Canzano asks, two ADs jump in the same elevator and can iron out only one problem facing major college athletics on the ride. What's the subject of discussion? And he said two things, NIL and how to keep a broad-based program with the constant litigation that we are under. Constantly. It's problematic, man. And everything that you do, it seems anymore, sets you sets you up for further litigation. <laughs> Not to be a jerk, but I, I would like to point out that technically they failed the assignment. That was more than one thing. It was. You said two things. <laughs> Maybe he was trying to tie them all into one. No, eye. that's – I mean, that is it though, right? Yeah. Is how do you get to a point to where there is a little bit of structure with all of this – and you can avoid litigation. I mean, it's it just seems like everybody's spooked now that sort of the, the cat is out of the hat. If we limit players being able to profit off their name, image, and likeness, who's going to be the, the first player or whose representatives are going to be the first to, to come after you with the suit? It's a great question because you know what's out there. And, and can you win against that suit? I don't know. I don't think you can. And how much are you going to spend in fighting off that litigation? As somebody who has is still paying an attorney for work they did for me almost a decade ago, it's not cheap. All right, it's 1034 on the Plank Show. Quick break. When we come back, the Air Comfort Solutions text line has been on fire today. 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line, best way to get in touch with the show outside of Twitter at Josh on ref. I'm at plank show and everybody should be following us at KREF sports and nine, four, seven, the ref also give us a fall buzz Tulsa 10 o'clock hours brought to you by Allison insurance, health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, HSAs, and more Bob and Robert can find the needs to best fit you in your office for insurance. 405-745-2968. It's plank show. We haven't really got to what Gene Smith said yesterday. Did you see some of his stuff? Yeah. Pay for pass? Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, Which, hey, you know what? For some of these big schools, that could be, you know, a nice little tool. I just think we have to – 
move away from this idea that all situations in college sports are created equal. They're well, just not. I, I think the big issue isn't players getting paid. It's players getting lured from other places. Recruits getting convinced to sign somewhere because they're getting paid and leaving one institution to go to another because they're getting paid. Hey, if at your school, because of your performance on the field, you get XYZ in terms of uh, endorsements and name, image, and likeness deals, bravo. bravo. I don't think most people, most rational people, I don't think have a big problem with that. It's the enticement to sign somewhere, and in the case of an Addison, Luring somebody away from a place like Pitt to go to USC. I mean, to protect the integrity of college football and college basketball, you can't have half of the Power Five schools basically uh, just as a jumping pad to, to other bigger programs. It is absolutely, positively essential that we identify that there's going to be a different set of rules for different levels. There might be some – again, I know I've gone back to Andy's show a couple of times here this morning, but Andy Staples' podcast, check it out. It's a really good – two episodes. they got one on the future of TV in college sports with Ralph Russo, and they've got one with Max Olson on this saga involving – I don't know why I can ever remember the pit wide receiver's name. But Jordan Addison. Addison. Jordan Addison, thank you. And, you know, I, I think the – the reality is there's going to be people that say, we, we can't win this game. I can't compete with you if right away the first thing that you get when you sign there is fifty grand. we are not going to be able to get in that game. And that's a reality. That's a reality for a lot of teams that are in Power 5 conferences right now. There's successful programs that don't have those types of boosters. Yeah. They just don't. Iowa State won't. Kansas State won't. Iowa will Iowa not. Iowa will not. Um, BSB has been kind enough to be patient with us at 405-329-9000. What's up, BSB? Oh, not much. Enjoying it. Uh, enjoying it. You were talking right down where I was getting ready to go. Let's go. Uh, guys, here's the problem with the money. The government has obviously said we can't hold it back, so that's fine. But they have not said, and this is where I don't see where any legal there would be any legal problems. I don't care what attorneys they get. We need to go back to a, li- a minimum of one year you sit out if you transfer. That'll stop a lot of it. If you make them go back to a one year uh, uh, sitting out on it, that'll help. That won't be the answer. Some of them will still sit out for the money. But the thing we better all look at is in five years from now, I'll tell it now, either believe it or not, We'll lose twenty percent of football programs in this country. I don't. Want what makes you happen. say that? I don't want that to happen, BSB. Real simple. Why would you want to? Why would you want to go when you have no shot to compete? Why would you spend all that money? When, and like Kansas, I, if Kansas went in the Big Twelve, why don't they just devote all their money, all their boosters, and everything to basketball? That's what they care about. Hey, they no, don't really care about football anyway. Why get in that game anymore? It's too much of a hassle. That's I think that's going to be a reality for some schools now. Yeah, why why do it? I mean, people like Jay Bill uh, Billis have ruined themselves. 
They wanted it. They wanted it. People that like that are promoting this, some of them will be out of a job because I don't see how five schools made money. Where are these others going to come up with the money to compete with these programs? And why would an athletic director say, well, let's put a football program together. If we get a great player all of a sudden, we'll lose it. It's not worth it. I don't think they'll go away, BSB, but I do think you'll see different levels because, right, when you're thinking about that commitment, right, when you're thinking about the commitment that took place, gosh, I keep seeing this video of the kid that got the – yeah, thanks for the call, BSB. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked because I keep seeing the video from the Aaron Judge bomb in Toronto and the Blue Jays fan catching it and immediately turning around and giving it to the Aaron Judge fan. <laughs> Gets you right in the feels. Sorry. I, I don't think you're going to automatically see teams just drop football. But I do think it would necessitate another level. Well, you know, I think the one thing that you worry about the most is not not the programs themselves. Like Kansas is a bad example because they've sure. been bad for so long that, okay, you could see where Kansas would say enough's enough. We're sick of stinking and we're going to focus all of our attention on basketball. What about, say, your Kansas states of the world have had some pretty good success? Rabid fan base uh, for football. A lot of the identity of that college is now wrapped up in their college football program. That wasn't the case in the 80s, uh, you know, 70s, the Lon Kruger era. All the different talent that they had, that was a rich basketball program. They totally reversed it. From Bill Snyder on, that is a football city now. Okay, they understand they're not on the same playing field as Oklahoma and Texas. They weren't to begin with. Now with name, image, and likeness, it makes it even more difficult. They're on even less of the same playing field. So, to me, the big worry for a Kansas State and programs like that, you know, toss any other names that are similar into the hat here. When do fans tap out when do they stop watching when do they stop going to games that's when what bsb is talking about some serious damage could happen you know we, we spent a lot of time on the story that ross dellinger wrote about cracking down on collectives but again i stop and and my question is okay who's who's doing it Who's in charge then of that investigation? That's where your boy's a little bit confused on that front. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's hit up. Been a hot couple of days there. This has been a fun conversation. I'm not, you know, I I know this is something that we can't do every single day, but I feel like we can now because there seems to be a little juice to this every single day. There's a different angle from – I almost said Gene Stevenson's comments. From Gene Smith's comments to ESPN to the NIL report from Ross Dellinger. There's a lot of angles here to get to. And, Josh, I feel like we're just getting started on it. Tip of the iceberg. We're just getting started. Okay, we're due a break. It is 1047 right here on The Ref. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number two, brought to you by Allison Insurance with a few of your Air Comfort Solutions texts. And listen, this has dominated the show again today. Uh, outside of our fun conversation to start the program with Grace Lyons. That'll be up on the podcast page here shortly. You saw the audiogram that's out there with Grace talking about the passion and energy 
for Oklahoma Sooner softball, which is incredible to see right now. Um, also, parents, this is my as a as a as a father, as a father of children. Don't have your kid bugging people while they're eating for autographs, or just randomly sitting at the table with with athletes. It's just that's not really how it works. Just some things I notice. All right, we got a break. We got a break. When we come back, more on the conversation about the future of NIL, future of the transfer portal, and what can be done to create some consistency. It's the Plank Show. Can, can we carry over the conversation from BSB? Absolutely. From the four, I think, and this is in agreement with with BSB. Transfers need one year sitting out unless your head coach leaves or you're moving to a school with a certain radius of immediate family. I don't think that rule's changing. No, it's never coming back. It's not. You guys give up You on guys, that. you people. <laughs> Me, you guys, us, <laughs> we, everybody, stop. That's not coming back ever. Ever. It's – I could see – no, you know what I can't say. I was trying to say I could see it changing to where it's just a one-time thing, but you know, once you graduate, it's open transfer too, which is kind of wild because the the graduate transfer. I mean, I had always understood it to be that you could transfer without any penalty, and the reasoning had to be there was a graduate program offered that wasn't at the school you were currently enrolled in which made it impossible for people to transfer from Ohio State because literally they have like every single program possible whenever it comes to an area of study and I don't even I don't even think that's the case anymore programs shutting down football no, I don't think that's happening anymore. I don't either there is the reality though and I mean I if the rich continue to get richer, I think is what you fear here. If if you stop paying some of the or playing some of these payday games, I think it hurts. Well, that yeah, I mean that yeah. definitely would hurt some of those programs. And, and then probably yes, they would go by the wayside. And then you you have to stop as some of these schools. I mean, I, let's talk strictly Power Five though. Right. If you're talking Power Five, this shouldn't be an issue, right? They're making enough money. I, I worry though sometimes about. If Power Five is even a term, like the non-Power Five side of it, and how does my my Golden Hurricane compete and survive? You know, is it now in a world where the those teams that are in their conference are in any more advantageous position for NIL than they are? Probably not, but they definitely are in a in a world with any other conference like the Big Twelve, SEC, ACC, Pac twelve, and SEC, Big Ten too. I don't know. Nobody's shutting down. Nobody is going to change the transfer rule. If anything else, I think you see two distinct levels. Because, again, the reality is there's going to be groups of schools that say, we can't play this game. And believe it or not, there are still college players that are not driven solely by name, image, and likeness. What? I know. It's like a crazy concept. There is such this nostalgic side of me. And maybe to a certain extent, Xavier Worthy kind of made me feel whole again. <laughs> Where I want to believe that you create a connection with a coach or a coaching staff. 
and you want to be a part of a community. And yes, in the end, as the million dollar man has taught up taught us, every man has his price. But even in that, you know, maybe I'm too smitten with a non-reality to think that a guy might say, "Yeah, listen, I'm not going to leave where I am at Texas or Oklahoma or anywhere else just for an NIL deal at USC. I'm doing okay with what I'm getting NIL at my school and I want to be a part of of this. So maybe that's maybe I'm a hopeless wanderer as far as that's concerned, but I want to I want to believe that, Josh. I want to believe that that's a reality. And I just don't know if it is. Well, let me rephrase that. I don't know if it is universally. I'm sure it is in a certain couple of situations, but I don't know if that's what we can hang our hat on, you know, for the next decade. Well, there's going to be people that care about what's to say the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. Yeah, that's such a that's such a wonderful thought. I just don't know if you can bank on college football being able to stay as it is with that mindset. You've got to create rules. You've got to create guidelines. All right, top five stories today. Next, right here on The Plank Show. Stick around.